Okay, so I am Wildcat Ebony Brown. I am a multidisciplinary artist slash multi-hyphenate individual. Um, I currently reside in Brooklyn, New York. I've been there for uh, quite a while. Um, and uh, I've always been an artist. I, I grew up in Maryland. I was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma, so I'm a little bit country. I'm a little bit rock and roll. And uh, I'm also an activist, and I'm one of the key collaborators in the Wide Awakes art movement um, that began in, in 2020, the, the contemporary uh, version of the Wide Awakes, which began in, in 2020. Meet me at The Chasen. I'm your host, Jennifer Fields. The first question in this series is what is remancipation? The second is how do you respond? In 1860, a group of young men in Connecticut banded together with the goal of abolishing slavery and protecting politicians with the power to bring an end to the despicable institution. The movement eventually spread across the Union. They call themselves the Wide Awakes. Wildcat Ebony Brown is a multifaceted artist of the revived and remixed version of the movement. The new mission statement is, we are an open source network who believe in the evolution of society and the power to radically reimagine the future through creative collaboration. Wildcat's response to the Thomas Ball Emancipation Group sculpture is to transform the pain into love. I'd say I am an eco-feminist, uh, humanitarian, centered in reawakening love consciousness on the planet. That's, that's pretty much, that's what, I mean, that's what it's all about. It's getting people to return to love, and that means uh, radical self-love, that means um, understanding interdependence, understanding the, the relationship between um, humans and animals and the, the planet and, you know, the ocean and, uh, you know, just understanding there's a symbiotic relationship between between all of us, all, all the different ecosystems that exist, um, whether they be uh, in the ocean, in the sky, you know, growing in the rainforest, etc. Um, and I'm really about that divine feminine energy life. Um, I believe that comes through in everything I do, um, just coming from, you know, a, a, a history and a legacy of strong, beautiful, powerful women, um, country women, you know, who, who ran their, their homes and their families and did what they needed to do. So that type of um, work ethic and ambition um, has always been a part of me. And um, fortunately, I've always known I was an artist, but I, I, I really found my voice as an artist um, in working with the Wide Awakes um, because I always knew I had a mission since I was a, a child. I wanted to make the world better. I didn't really understand the relationship between art. And now um, I understand how powerful it is. And that's part of what we're doing as artists. So Wildcat, you made a distinction there. You said the contemporary version of the Wide Awake. Sort of give me a, a, a history of that group, or would you call them an organization? How would you define the Wide Awake? Well, I would, I would define the contemporary Wide Awakes as a movement. Um, we describe ourselves as an open source network of uh, creatives and visionaries um, who aim to make the world a better place, 
um, through working at the intersection of art and activism. Um, we are inspired um, by the original Wide Awakes, who were a group of young men, I believe five, um, from Connecticut, who were abolitionists. They believed uh, innately that slavery was wrong and that it needed to end, and the only way to make that happen would be to have um, an anti-slavery president elected. And so they formed in 1860, and they started just, you know, as a group of these kind of, you know, uh, like a motley crew of rough and tumble guys who were very determined, and they, they provided protection Honestly, <laughs> they were like a little bit of a gang, kind of, uh, to protect any any uh, p politicians who were anti-slavery because they knew how important it was and how they were a minority. So they wanted to make sure um, that they could deliver their message in peace. So Wildcat, talk to me about the capes because it seems to be a central thing. We've talked about when you walked in here that cape, the cape you have on now. The fringe on it is just mesmerizing. So talk to me about this connection you have with the capes and where that comes from. I'm glad to. So um, one, one, of the, one of the aesthetics that made the, the original Wide Awake stand out is that they would wear these capes because oftentimes they were escorting politicians at night and so they would carry these oil um, torch lamps uh, or yeah, oil lamps, I think, that's, you know, old school style. And it, the, the wax would drip on their clothes. Or, and so they would wear these, these uh, capes that would have, like, oil dripping on them. And that so it made them look kind of slick and a little slightly intimidating, but cool, cool enough for people to, to catch on to it. It was, you know, it was like a vibe. It's kind of like the Black Panthers, you know. Sometimes people, you know, are political, but there's also, like, uh, there's a fashion, you know, there's a fashion statement that, that is an extension of that as well. So the Wide Awakes were known for their capes, and so we decided, you know, all of these incredible artists in our collective, let's bring back the cape, and let's do it in a way that's expressive um, to, and unique to each artist's style. And, and my cape um, in particular, which is, it's, it's so fun um, because I, I learn about myself through my cape sometimes. Like I didn't realize that um, I was so inspired and influenced by uh, Native American powwows. So my parents live in Arizona and my mom used to work on a reservation, the Gila River, uh, Pima um, Indian Reservation. And so I started going to powwows and I just was mesmerized by all of the colors and the textures and the beading. And then one day it occurred to me that my, my cape is is inspired unconsciously by pow, fan, like the the powwow fancy dancers. They wear these shawls that move um, when they would you know do their their traditional dances and their their you know their regalia was so spectacular. And I was taking all of that in and did not even realize it until it just hit me in the middle of the night and I started crying because I just felt such a connection um, to. You know, I always have felt this, this strong connection to Native American culture, and then I knew I had to dig deeper within myself, within myself as an artist to make sure that I'm serving their communities, particularly the women who oftentimes suffer in silence. And so that became another mission um, for me as an artist. But um, the cape, 
my particular cape, the actual uh, pattern is cut from a vintage cape of a from a, a wardrobe that I rescued in 2007 of this fabulous woman uh, who lived in Brooklyn and um, her home had been empty or uh, unkept for uh, almost like close to 20 years and uh, her family was finally like gutting the brownstone and all of her <laughs> belongings were just going in the garbage and um, I happened to rescue her, her clothing and bring them back to life and so I've started recreating pieces of her wardrobe and so I that's why my the line I'm developing that started with the cape as the first piece is called Wildcat Angel so it's a collaboration between myself and this fabulous woman Angel who was a a, a concert violinist but also played jazz on so she developed some style called uh, swing on strings that she was known for so I, you know, I, I love that she's that she's living through me, and I'm continuing her fab, her her, her legacy of fabulosity. <laughs> <laughs> and you are serving it so well. The first time I met you was at the Mass Consortium, and you told me this. I was like, I'm flying to New York. I have to see this because it just is such. You know, I'm not a spiritual person. I'm really not. But there are these moments in my life where it's like, maybe you need to rethink that. Because hmm. it seems to me like here is this woman who performs on stage, who is like exuding all this energy, all this creative energy and all this sound. And then who finds it? Someone who was of that same cloth. I mean, you literally find garments. So, yes. You know, it's funny you should bring spirituality into it because... I literally, I'm a dreamer, right? I'm, I'm, I have like clairvoyance through my dreams. Clair, I'm clairsentience, I'm an empath, I'm all the things that a, a Libra woman could be. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I had this dream about this woman, Angel, that she was literally rolling in her grave because her clothes were being dis destroyed. And when I tell you this woman cared for her garments, uh, most of them were still in dry cleaning bags and she would stuff tissue paper in the sleeves to keep them poofy and to just think that they were going to be in a dumpster. Um, her spirit was restless and she found me. <laughs> <laughs> I would have haunted, I have told my family, I will haunt this earth if you just throw away the stuff that I love dear. But it really is, that it's like, and it, there's part of it, I believe that there's DNA in fabric. I believe mm. that when you touch something, when you touch anything, you leave a trace of you and that DNA behind. Do you sort of, do you feel that? Is there a connection to her? Do you, has she, uh, do you think that on the subconscious level, perhaps she's sort of not puppeteering because who could control a wildcat or would want to, but do you feel that there's some sort of way that she is still enjoying oh. the garments through you. Oh, absolutely. She's working through me. She's living through me. And I mean, how it, it's just not a coincidence that, you know, we started this Wide Awakes movement and their their style was centered on capes. And then I had out of the whole entire collection, one cape that I that I recreated and and, and I'm repur repurposing it. it it makes complete sense. Um, I think that, you know, the ancestors work in, in mysterious ways and find who can receive them to 
to speak their, their truths and, and continue their message and their legacy? Because the cape is such a central part to the Wide Awakes, is there a ritual? How do you earn a cape? That is an excellent question. Um, I don't, I think you earn it by showing up and, um, and just really uh, participating, giving, contributing to the community. It, it's, it's about showing up. It's not about, um, of course, you know, the cape looks cool and everybody wants to feel like they're part of something. That's just how we are as human beings. We want to belong to a group. But I do love that, um, well, in particular with me, all of the capes that, the people who have my capes, the first, the first set of capes I made, they were all gifted to people who were giving to the Wide Awakes. Through, meaning, you know, if they were a musician and they were performing, because you have to keep in mind, in 2020, we created all of these, these street activations um, when everything was closed. So everything was pretty much done guerrilla style. We just kind of took over the streets and uh, in the name of, you know, social justice, but bringing radical joy um, to respond to the to all of the anxiety and, 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 and stress and um, that that I mentioned. So. So, yeah, there were we would call on favors all the time from people in our network, whether they're DJs, whether they're, they're singers, whether they're um, poets, etc. And so, you know, time and time again, people would show up and volunteer and, and give themselves for the betterment of everyone, right, in the, in the communities. And so that's how I determined who would have my cape. That was my process. I was like, the people have been showing up tirelessly and um, giving their all uh, and, and, and bringing joy to so many people's lives deserve a cake. So it's that simple. <laughs> <laughs> so now, when I met you, you were here for the Remancipation event, the Thomas Ball Sculpture being reimagined and your work with Mass Consortium. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about that relationship and how it formed. Ooh, that is so, it's so exciting. I, like, it's, it's even, hard to believe that, that I'm here because it's just, um, it's, it's such a big deal to me, this project. Um, I've known Sanford Biggers for, for many years. I knew him um, before I called myself an artist and uh, was working in New York City as a DJ and in the nightlife and hospitality and all the, all the multi-hyphenate stuff, right? Um, but then um, for him to recognize me as an artist now and contribute to this project with Mass Consortium was, was like such a, for me, it, it touched me, but it, it, was, it was so validating and um, affirming on so many levels. And I'm just so uh, excited to be a part of it and contribute. And it made sense, um, you know, because it is, it's focused on the, the Thomas Ball sculpture, right? Uh, emancipation group where, you know, which we know is, is problematic and, not empowering and all those things, um, but how it directly correlates to Abraham Lincoln uh, with with the wide awakes uh, helping Lincoln get elected. It, it just made sense that we would that there would be this intersection where we could collaborate. And um, that was the other thing that I didn't mention about the early wide awakes is that they not only did they help pr protect um, politicians, they they helped 
influenced Abraham Lincoln to take an anti-slavery stance, and they grew to from five guys in Connecticut to a pretty almost like a nationwide movement. And uh, they had this march. Um, I don't remember the exact day, but it was on October 3rd, where they marched through um, the streets of New York, starting um, uptown and, and taking Broadway all the way downtown. And we recreated that moment in 2020, which was, just thinking about it gives me chills every single time. It was just such an incredible moment of um, community to see this, this procession moving through New York City down Broadway there was buses, there were Ubers, yellow taxis, everybody behind us. As we took over the streets, there were stilt walkers. Stilt walkers um, in the Caribbean community, they call them moko jumbies. There were marching band, there were singers. It was just this beautiful display of, of artistry and activism um, that is unforgettable. We, we didn't know if we were gonna be able to make it happen. We did, and now um, we, we always celebrate October 3rd, which also happens to be Black Thought from the Roots birthday, who's part of the Wide Awake. So, you know, it's just, there's a lot of kawinky dinks throughout, <laughs> <laughs> throughout this whole Wide Awake thing. But yes, yeah, so, and with how it also relates to Mask, Sanford, um, you know, he was aware of Wide Awakes. He knew what we were doing. And we have this, policy you jump in when you're ready you know there's no pressure for people to participate and you have to figure out how you fit into the movement and how you will contribute and so when he started creating the the quilted capes it was such a it was so beautiful to see Sanford embracing wide awakes now and like yes he's one of us now we got him <laughs> You're like, come to, come to me, come to me. Exactly. And so getting to know everyone at Mask, Mark, and Guy, and, and you know, all of the, the, the people on the Mask team and over here at Chasing has just been a beautiful, um, just coming together, um, a, a beautiful mixture and blending of, of heart and art. And Wildcat, what I am so enamored with I think that's a good way to say it, is your ability to see the love and the beauty in these things that are really, really hard to, like it's hard for me to look at that sculpture sometimes and think about it. And as we said outside the Sifton and Reckoning mm -hmm. exhibit, there's so much pain there. Talk to me about how you find that beauty and that love in that pain. Is it kind of a way for you to oh, work through it, work with it? Mm -hmm. But how do you, how do you, navigate that? How do you move through it? How do you move through it? How do I move through it? Um, I think it's a natural instinct um, that comes from being a black woman, honestly. Um, I think it comes from, you know, our people having to adapt and adopt and, you know, turn scraps into soul food right and to a whole cuisine we've done that so many times um as a form of survival uh now it's there's an art form to it and i i don't think i'm unique from any of us who uh learn how to transcend um adversity and uh, you know 
and, and transform it. So I, I, I like to see things often through a Buddhist lens when I can. I, 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 am a, I, I do practice uh, Nichiren Daishan in Buddhist, Buddhism, and one of the, the mantras or the expressions is turning poison into medicine, right? Because there's always a lesson to learn. There's always a healing can, that can occur uh, from a challenge, and sometimes our strongest, most difficult obstacles are actually the hugest blessings to our lives because they require us to dig deep within ourselves and bring out that Buddha nature, right? Which just 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 means being an enlightened one, right? Having you know consciousness, having awareness. So I think it just comes from from that and. Um, <laughs> You, you know, but it's not, it's not easy. And one thing that I, that I love that you acknowledge is, is how, um, as an artist, we do, there's, it can be a painful process. I'll tell you, um, I don't think I've spoken to anybody, maybe Guy and, 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 and Mark from the Mass Consortium team, I think I told them, told them this on a Zoom, but after um, my, my first visit here and seeing the sculpture, I had a nightmare um, about being in the gallery and the paintings coming alive and trying to attack me. And, and, I, and I thought about it and what I didn't experience was how their gaze was affecting me. And I think that sometimes, you know, art is powerful. So even something that you, you know, that might seem sort of like uh, innocent or you know harmless can actually be causing harm to those to certain people right so I, I definitely felt um, like I was under attack um, by those paintings which was and it, it inspired this whole dream of me coming to life and fighting and, and having a whole action you know moment of fighting my way out of the gallery and then I thought, huh, hmm, maybe that could be an animation, a short film, a story, right? So it's, it's what we do with it, right? Because, you know, we, it's impossible to think that life is always going to be perfect and easy and swell. And, no, that's not it. It's what you do with it, right? How do you, how do you um, respond? Which is basically why we're here. This is why Sanford brought all of us together, Mask brought all of us together as artists to respond um, because, you know, through our lens, we can offer a different perspective. You've been listening to Meet Me at the Chasen. Our guest, Wildcat Ebony Brown, is a multifaceted artist, a wide awake, and a member of the Mass Consortium, responding to the Thomas Bali Emancipation Group sculpture as part of the Remancipation Project at UW-Madison's Chasen Museum of Art. Meet Me at the Chazen is a production of the Chazen Museum of Art on the campus of UW-Madison in Madison, Wisconsin. For more information about the museum, its collections and exhibitions, visit chazen.wisc.edu. I'm your host, Jonathan Fields. Thank you for listening.
Thank you.